Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of Wild, Messy, Infinite Love. This episode is a live episode. Woo! And everybody goes wild. So I am streaming this live on Twitch. I'm also streaming this live on Instagram. Um, and we are going to do a live episode that I actually wrote today. Man, it is been kind of a crazy day. Um, lots of creating, lots of thinking through how I want to do this. Um, obviously, this is not my first live episode, but it is my first one in quite a while. And this one is our 25th episode, a quarter of a century. Wow. Um, absolutely insane. So this episode, as you can see on the stream or as you can um, see on Podbean, our episode today is episode 25, That Empty Feeling, because we all have those days when we have that empty feeling that makes us feel like we're not enough, that makes us feel like we don't have anything to offer. Uh, it makes us feel like we don't have any sort of direction. Uh, it makes us feel like we don't know how long this quarantine is going to last. Am I right? Um so we all experience these feelings of emptiness because we're all ultimately caught up in this ebb and flow between emptying and filling. Um, so that is what we are going to talk about today. Uh, before that, just want to give you guys all a heads up. Um, so lo and behold, because of... COVID-19, I am actually working remotely. So I'm working here at home every single day, Monday through Friday, which frees up a significant piece of my day to be able to write, to be able to create, to be able to put together these sorts of activities like a live podcast. It gives me loads of time in the evening to be streaming, um, especially in this time when we're all sort of separated uh, due to the isolation that's caused by coronavirus. Um, I have this opportunity to be able to create and share this with you so that we can continue to build this community together. Um, so I just want to let you know, I'm going to be pumping out material over the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm thinking I'll be able to do a podcast every single week. Um, excuse me. I'm also working on getting some guests on the podcast. Um, I thought through a couple different ones that I'm really excited about. Um, and I'm just, I'm excited to create. I'm excited to share with you my experiences. I'm excited to share with you other people's experiences. Um, it's just going to be a great time, as great as it can be in the midst of the crisis that we find ourselves in, um, because I don't necessarily want to take away from the fact that, yeah, I get to work from home, but there are people who are struggling to get enough resources right now. So I don't want to forget about that either. Um, in any way that you can be supporting the people around you in your community, um, whether it is saying thank you to the people who are working long hours at grocery stores um, for all of their hard work, um, whether it be reaching out to one of your loved ones who works in the healthcare field, uh, maybe it's donating some time or money 
to help in the different food drives that are going on around in our communities in our world right now, whatever it might be, um, I encourage you to continue thinking about how this impacts the entire community because ultimately we are all in this together. Can I get an amen? Uh, But without further ado, that's the announcements that I have so far today. There will probably be more. Uh, Be sure to stay tuned to my Instagram or my Facebook or my Twitter page uh, because that's where I post a lot of my updates. That's where I post when I'm streaming or when I'm posting a new podcast um, or if I'm feeling silly and decide to actually post something on Instagram social media, which is kind of few and far between. But either way, follow me on all those um, social media sites. Um, It's all under the handle Brother Snades. But for now, episode 25, that empty feeling. Let's talk about it. So that empty feeling. Um, One of the things that I um, was thinking about while I was um, going through this podcast episode was what is emptiness? Um, It's something that we talk about a lot. Um, We talk about what, you know, we talk about these empty feelings, but I really want to dig in, take some time this evening to dig into what emptiness really is, to give some vocabulary, to give some structure and some form around what this empty feeling is, because sometimes feelings can be pretty ethereal. Feelings can feel like <laughs> feelings can feel. Um, it, it sometimes feels like feelings have a mind of their own and they're almost like foreign Um, something that doesn't quite make sense to us. Um, So I really want to take some time to unpack what emptiness really is. Um, And then from there, I want to talk about, well, so we have emptiness. What does it mean? Um, I want to talk about normalizing it. And then ultimately, I want to talk about how we work through it. Because ultimately, We all have interior work that we need to do. We all have exterior work that we need to do in this constant ebb and flow between filling up and emptying out. So to begin with, what is emptiness? Um, I thought about this a lot. I mean, I wrote this podcast today, but I've been thinking about this a lot for the past couple days, really, couple, couple weeks Um, and when I think of emptiness, what I often think of first is this feeling of lack, this feeling that there's just not enough, um, this feeling that there's not enough to go around for everyone. So I need to hoard everything for myself. Um, this feeling of there's not enough energy in me. There's not enough time in my day. There's not enough things for me to do that really give me purpose. There's not enough direction for me. There's this deep sense of lack, almost like 
a formless void that's just like pitted in the midst, in the center of your being. Um, and this, like I sort of alluded to there, uh, this can take form in many different ways. So one of the ones that I've seen a lot is emptiness taking the form of a worldview of scarcity in the midst of a society where there is a ever widening wage gap where there are people who do not have access to resources. Uh, there is this worldview of scarcity where it just says there isn't enough to go around for everyone. So I need to look out for me and my own in this, in this very tribal centric worldview. Uh, this emptiness takes form in structural ways, in societal ways, in communal ways. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but anytime I've been confronted with any sort of injustice, it really does feel like there's a pit in the bottom of my stomach that I'm just being sucked into this pit of nothingness, this pit of emptiness this empty feeling of hopelessness, this empty feeling of how could such atrocities be done to other human beings? So that's a feeling that we have of emptiness. Um, and I guess one of the counters to this worldview of scarcity that I that I thought of immediately was we are told this false narrative that the world that we live in is a world that's scarce. There's not enough to go around, but in reality, this world is generous and this world is benevolent. There is plenty to go around. And, you know, I just want to put in a disclaimer here that there definitely are some in this world who literally do not have access to the same resources because of that structural emptiness, because of that societal emptiness, um, you know, because people have taken for granted what these resources really mean for their lives. Um, and because of the way our society is structured, because of the way that our world is structured, there are people who just straight up do not have the same access to those types of resources like education, um, food, clean water, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and there's nothing to be taken away from the plight from the people who really do feel like, you know, I'm not having the same access to those resources. That is absolutely valid. Um, and I don't mean to take anything away from that, um, especially from the people who have been oppressed, who have been downtrodden by the powers and principalities. With that being said, um, to stand against that injustice, to stand against that empty feeling of this world is hopeless, this is just how things have always been that's how they always will be to stand against that is to ultimately set yourself firmly in a worldview of benevolence in a worldview of generosity because by the simple act of you standing against that you are saying no there is enough in this world for these people who have been oppressed there is enough in this world for these people who have had injustice wrought upon them there is 
enough. And those of you who are saying there isn't are lying. So there's this emptiness of structural proportion, this emptiness of societal proportions, this emptiness of almost like vanity. Um, you know, this this idea that we read about in Ecclesiastes of this is nothing but the wind, dust in the wind, um, vanities of vanities. Uh, that's what this sort of emptiness brings about. It's this emptiness of knowing it's almost like this intuition that what we're experiencing or what we're being told isn't the right way. So there's that sort of emptiness um, on a more societal and structural level, which is very important to talk about. But I would be willing to bet a lot of you experience this on a much more personal, um, intimate level as well. So there are a couple other ways that emptiness rears its head. Um, and it looks different for everyone, and this is not a comprehensive list, but there's this feeling of being drained, um, this emptiness of energy, this feeling that I just don't have enough to give in each and every day. Um, it's this, again, it's this worldview of scarcity, but the scarcity is solely revolving around one's energies, um, how one does their work in the world, how one puts forth their effort in the world. So there's this feeling of being drained, this feeling of burnout. Um, another one is this feeling of being lost. So this emptiness of purpose, um, this feeling that th it's pointless to go on because there's nothing for me to do here. Uh, another one is the emptiness of the unknown. Uh, which is this feeling of not knowing what is going to come next, this feeling of anxiety, this feeling of fear. Um, these are just a few ways that emptiness rears its head in our lives. Um, and you can probably put in your own vocabulary for this, whether you're feeling drained, whether you're feeling um, isolated, whether you are feeling scared or anxious or fearful, um, whether you are righteously angry at the injustice being wrought in the world, um, all this kind of stuff, um, I'm sure, I'm sure that you are able to resonate with that feeling in some way, shape, or form. Um, so we all, we're all on the same page of what emptiness is, and like I said, that's not a comprehensive list by any means. Um, but one of the more difficult aspects of emptiness is being able to notice it. Um, because at least in Western society in America, we have been indoctrinated in a way of living which does a really good job of hiding our emptiness. We live in a society that does a really good job of saying, you just need to work harder. You just need to put more time in. You just need to do this. You just need to do more. You just need to buy this, get that, do this thing, achieve that thing, and then you'll be happy and then you'll be completely filled and you'll never be empty again. And how many of us have gone through that sort of narrative that we've been told and then all of a sudden we realize, hey, this is leaving me more empty than ever.
we live in a worldview that ultimately tries to suppress emptiness, that tries to hide emptiness. So one of the tricks is really being able to notice when we are feeling empty. And one of the primary ways we notice this is listening to it through our bodies. Depending on what your particular emptiness is, it could present itself in multiple ways. But for instance, when I'm feeling energetically empty, when I'm feeling like I don't have enough energy, I literally feel tired. I feel exhausted. I feel like I can't get up off the couch. Um, when I feel like I'm lacking creativity or um, when I'm feeling like I'm at a loss for what I want to write or what I want to say, I literally feel this anxiety. I feel this tightening up. I feel like I just need to get out of this chair. I need to get away from this computer. I need to get away from this keyboard because I just don't have anything to write right now. Um, When I'm feeling like I'm lacking purpose, I feel as though my life is just drifting along. I feel listless. I feel almost like a passenger in my own life and I have no control over where it's going. It's just sort of drifting along. And all of these things are things that I intimately feel in my own body. And your body knows this stuff too. So trust it. Trust your body. Um, I know for me, one of the most liberating ideas that I ever really encountered was this idea that one of the greatest fallacies ever put forth by modern Christianity was the idea that the flesh is corrupt and therefore wicked and untrustworthy. And friends, that could not be further from the truth. Um, Theologically speaking, it's on very thin ground anyway, but even from a biblical point of view, the fact that the Christ, God, the divine, whatever you want to call it, came down in the form of humanity as a clear sign of the merging and the union of the divine and human, the the clear sign that the divine is indeed found in the flesh and blood of humanity. This is a clear sign that To say that the flesh is corrupt, to say that the flesh is wicked, is to miss the whole point because you're denying a very primal aspect of your being, which tells you a whole lot because ultimately we're not just quote unquote spiritual beings. We are physical beings. We are, we are primal beings. And there's something that rests at the heart of us, whether you want to call it the divine or spirit or love or whatever language you want to use. There's something at our heart and at our center, which helps us to interpret our emotions, our feelings, um, all of those things, including our intuition. It's all stemming from that same spirit or that same center, which is firmly enmeshed and in union and communion with our flesh and our blood. So when it comes to how how do we notice emptiness, listen to your body. Um, It may be giving you very clear physical signs of, hey, I'm experiencing some form 
of emptiness. Um, you know, I mean, one of the, one of the more less subtle ways that you can see this is in athletes, um, athletes who have expended, expounded too much energy and their bodies just collapse from the exertion. Um, you know, that, that famous clip of the, of the sprinter who just couldn't finish they their body just like completely stopped working because they had been exerting so much energy and then someone came along and helped them across the finish line uh, but that was a very literal case of someone whose energy was emptied before the eyes of the world uh, so our bodies do a pretty good job of telling us when we're empty when we're not being filled uh, so when another question that I would have then, um, or that you might have is, so when do I feel this emptiness? Um, and that question, <laughs> the answer to that question is anytime, uh, we feel it most keenly during times of crisis or when we're in stressful situations, when we're going through transition, when we're going through some form of burnout, uh, but Ultimately, we feel, we could feel this emptiness at any point in our lives. Uh, another, to borrow from the biblical text once again, a very powerful sign, not sign, a very powerful example of this would be Moses. Uh, so in the Old Testament, Moses goes on top of Mount Sinai. So this is after the Israelites have been liberated and they are finally free from Egypt and their first stop is at Mount Sinai. And when they stop at Mount Sinai, Moses walks on up and he receives the Ten Commandments and he communes physically with God, as the Bible says. So Moses was there in the presence of the divine, um, totally enraptured. Uh, it says that when he was walking down, he was like shrouded by light and people couldn't even talk to him or look at him, you know? So it's this, it's this enrapturous story of completely being filled with the divine presence. And then as soon as Moses gets down, he sees the Israelites have created a false God, an idol, this golden calf, and they're worshiping this golden calf. And Moses just flips out and he is just completely drained. And he's so drained to the point where he takes these Ten Commandments that are written on stone tablets and he just breaks them because he's so frustrated. He just went from this huge mountaintop experience where he's literally in complete presence with the divine. And then the next second, he is just completely empty. And it is in this sort of rhythm that we find ourselves in every day of our lives. We are constantly ebbing and flowing between this feeling of being filled up and this feeling of being emptied out. And again, to go off of the trusting your body, your body knows when you're full. 
your body knows when you're full of energy, you are jittery, you're jumpy, you are excitable, you're happy, um, your face is oftentimes smiling, you're so present in the moment, you're enjoying yourself, uh, you know, some people get jitters. Uh, you look at, again, athletes, when they're warming up, it's almost like the energy is trying to bounce out of their skin. You know when your body is full, but you also know when it's empty. So trusting your body to know that it can come at any moment. It really can. But having the insight and the tuition, intuition to remain rooted in that center of your being that is so firmly enmeshed with your flesh and your blood. Because if we're not, then it becomes easy to ignore. And when we ignore emptiness, we oddly find ourselves becoming isolated. Uh, when we ignore emptiness, when we only focus on the times when we're being full, that's when loneliness can begin to creep in. That's when this feeling of I'm the only one who's ever experienced this starts to creep in. Hi, Caitlin. Um, when we are ignoring our emptiness, we can become lonely. And when we become lonely, when we ignore it, when we just let it fester underneath the surface, it will eventually just shut everything down. Uh, you know, what happens when we drown out all the signals that our bodies are telling us is it's it's almost like our body is telling us you're running on fumes. You need to get more gas in order to continue going. You need to fill up in some way, shape or form. But if you ignore those signals, eventually everything runs out. The gas is gone bone dry and the whole thing just stops and collapses. And in those moments is when loneliness can be most dangerous because when we're in those moments, when we're totally feeling alone, we begin to feel like I'm the only one who has ever experienced this. I am so utterly alone and no one could ever help me with this. How many of you have ever felt that? I know I have. And it is terrifying. It's depressing. It's not a fun place to be. It's a dangerous place to be. It's a harmful place to be. Because when we start being isolated, when we start feeling alone, when we start getting burnt out, when all of these things start piling up on each other, it becomes harder and harder for us to enter not only into authentic connection with ourselves, but authentic connection with others, authentic connection with the world, um, authentic connection with our center and our true self. And that is harmful. And that is dangerous because when we're left outside of connection for too long, that's when the wheels really start falling off. So we all experience forms of emptiness at any point in our lives. Uh, we all need to be listening to our bodies 
in order to know what sort of emptiness it is that we're feeling. Um, along with that, along with this body metaphor, um, looking at what does this emptiness mean for me? Um, you know, what is this emptiness telling you? What is it trying to communicate to you? Um, because ultimately these emotions and feelings of emptiness is our heart's way of communicating something that is coming from your soul level or the primal level. It's, it's trying to say, Hey, you're working too hard and you need to take a break or, Hey, uh, you are becoming isolated. You are cutting yourself off from other people and it's causing you harm and you need to reach out. It's that feeling or that emotion that's saying, hey, there is injustice in the world and you need to do something about it. It is this primal instinct within us that is communicating something to us so that we can come back into more authentic community with ourselves and with the people around us and with our world. So what does your emptiness mean to you? What is it communicating to you? What are the things that are going on beneath the surface that are causing you to be tired, that are causing you to feel like you have nothing to say, that are causing you to feel like you're without purpose, that are causing you to feel like you don't know what is going on? What are some of those underlying issues? What is your emptiness communicating to you? Uh, the next the next piece I want to jump on, um, not necessarily jump on, but the next piece I want to um, emphasize in is that it is normal to feel emptiness. You know, I, I shared all these examples about myself. I shared all these examples about Bible characters. I shared all these examples about athletes. But the fact is we all feel this emptiness, which I know I've already said bef- in this um in this podcast, sorry. How do we combat emptiness and loneliness during this quarantine time? That's an excellent question, Kaylin. Um, so I had a question from a viewer. Um, so I want to answer that here. So the question is, how do we combat emptiness and loneliness during this quarantine time? Um, so one of the really interesting aspects of this particular moment that we're in of the coronavirus pandemic and the crisis and um, having to be isolated from each other. So normally in crisis, we come together as a community. We support one another um, in various ways. We come together to be physically together to support one another. Um, One of the really difficult pieces of this particular crisis is that we are forced to be in isolation and in quarantine. Um, So some of the ways that we're able to combat this emptiness and this loneliness that we're feeling um, is by being intentional about reaching out to others, um, being intentional about finding those places and spaces where you can be forming community with other people, whether that is um, being present in a moment with a loved one that you're living with. Uh, maybe it is picking up the phone and calling someone that you haven't talked to in a while, but you thought of them 
while you were alone in your thoughts. Um, and it's just a matter of giving them a call. Uh, it can be, uh, Getting involved in a hobby and joining some sort of online community that revolves around that. So one of the things that I've um, found myself doing over the past week or so is getting really involved with uh, the Age of Empires community, which is a game that I really enjoy playing. But there's a strong community of support that surrounds that. And being able to enter into something where you're not alone, where you're part of a group. Um, is really helpful. Um, obviously, uh, being an authentic connection with the self is important. So um, taking time for mindfulness techniques, taking time um, to be quiet, to listen to what's going on inside of you. Um, I think that's another really important aspect of this particular crisis that we find ourselves in is this is something that a lot of us have never experienced before. So taking the time to really listen to what your body is saying and taking the time to reflect on what are all of these emotions that I'm feeling and starting to work through those because that's going to be a way that we um, can combat becoming lonely to ourselves. So one of the one of the dangerous things about this emptiness that I'm talking about is it can cause loneliness and isolation from others, but it can also cause loneliness and isolation from yourself. Um, you know, one of the things that I mentioned, um, and one of the things that I've struggled with in the past is this feeling of almost like I'm a passenger to my own life. Like I don't have any control. It's, it almost feels like I'm disassociating from myself and I'm just sort of drifting along. Um, so taking time to really reflect and work through what it is you're feeling in this moment, whether it's fear and anxiety, um, whether it's relief that you get to be home a little more, um, whether it is um, empathy over the people in your community around you who are struggling, um, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, you know, really taking time to reflect on those feelings and those emotions um, and really sifting through those. Um, so, I mean, ultimately, it is a time to be present with what it is you're feeling. It's a time to be present with the places and spaces that you occupy. It's a time to be pleasant with present with your fellow employees who are also working remotely. It's a time to be present with your loved ones. It's a time to be present with um, the things that bring you joy, your hobbies, your passions. Um, this, this is a moment that is different from any other moment that we've ever experienced. Um, and if we don't take the time to be present in these moments, to listen, to really let our emptiness tell us what is going on, um, it can become very terrifying. It can become very anxiety producing. It can become something where we do feel like we are on an island by ourselves. But the fact is, 
even in the midst of us being quarantined in our homes and not necessarily being able to go out and go to a restaurant with our friends or being able to just drive out to go see a movie or necessarily even possibly going to the grocery store to get all the groceries that you normally would. Even though we're in the midst of this quarantine, we are also in a world that is all experiencing this together. Um, So also taking heart in the in the form of solidarity, uh, the this idea that we aren't alone in what it is we're experiencing. We are in this together. Um, because ultimately, as I've talked a lot about in this podcast, um, we all have this shared spirit among us. Um, there is something primal. There is something deep. There is something mysterious and mystical that connects each and every one of us in some way, shape, or form, whether you want to say that we're all formed from the same matter that came from the Big Bang, whether you want to say that it is um, this divine spirit that was breathed forth from God, you know, whatever, whatever you want to throw in there, we're all connected in some way, shape or form. So even though this is an experience that feels like we are alone in what we're feeling, this is very much a communal experience as well. Um, So finding those places and spaces to be able to find that sort of support and solidarity with others, I think is really important as well. Um, But in the event that you are feeling empty, in the event that you do feel like uh, the coronavirus is making you feel isolated and lonely and empty and like you just don't have anything to give, you don't have anything to say, um, the first step to working through that and the first step really to working through anything is to give yourself permission, um, to give your self-permission to witness to what it is you're feeling, give yourself permission to name it, uh, possibly give yourself permission to claim it, Um, really give yourself the permission to allow whatever it is within you to exist. Um, Give yourself permission to accept what is going on inside of you. And that's not necessarily say that to say that acceptance is just, okay, it's there, and then completely forget about it and let it run rampant and ruin our lives. But the very first step in taking control of the situation, the very first step of Um, empowerment. I was listening to a podcast today um, from Rob Bell and him and his wife were talking about how when we witness to what we're feeling, that is the first step to being empowered. Um, So giving yourself permission to witness to what it is you're feeling, to accept what it is you're feeling, to be able to say this is what is going on inside of me is a very, very important step to take um so first we need to listen to our bodies second we need to accept um, we need to witness to what it is we're feeling um, we need to 
essentially bring what is going on inside of us out into the light. Uh, because if we don't bring it out into the light, it'll fester underneath the surface unnoticed until it just breaks everything down. But when we bring it out into the light, when we witness to it, whatever it is, whatever that emotion is, it doesn't necessarily seem so dangerous anymore. Um, it's one thing to feel like anxiety is this big, bad boogeyman who we can't really like put our finger on. It's like this un seen monster that is continually creeping up on us and anytime we turn around anytime we feel anxiety it's like oh my goodness what is happening what is happening um but then when we name it when we witness to it it's almost like the monster shrinks down and it's something that we can actually hold and look at and figure out what it is and how it is impacting us. Um, so when we, uh, another example would be from the Harry Potter books, which is another one of my passions. Um, now would be a great time to catch up on some books or catch up on some movie marathons or TV shows that you were um, wanting to catch up on because those are always fun. Um, but in in the Harry Potter series, in the seventh book, there is a moment when Harry Potter, quote unquote, dies, and he's sort of in this in-between space between life and death. And in this space, everything is bathed in light. And in that space, he finds Voldemort's true form. Um, and when Voldemort's true form is brought into the light, it's not really dangerous at all. Um, in fact, it's something that Harry ultimately pities and has some form of empathy for. Uh, when we bring our emotions into the light, especially our emotions that are surrounding emptiness, oftentimes those emotions can feel like big monsters that we can't really name or see or touch or really understand at all. But when we bring it into the light, it becomes something that we can hold. It becomes something that we can observe. And it is that first step into empowerment. And then step three is find your coping mechanisms. Um, so like I was answering with that um, viewer question, finding those things that help us to possibly counteract emptiness, um, depending on what it's telling you, um, those mechanisms or those actions that we can take to start working towards being filled again. Um, you know, listening, listening to whatever your emptiness is telling you to do and then doing it. So for instance, if your emptiness is telling you you're tired, you're out of energy, you're working too hard, the next step would be to take a break. Um, if you're feeling creatively drained, maybe the next step is filling yourself up by digesting other creative work that will eventually inspire you. Um, if you're feeling lost and you have no direction, maybe the next step is finding some sort of spiritual director or a life coach to speak to, or possibly even a really close loved one um, who you can begin working through what you might feel called to. Um, you know, maybe it's if you're noticing emptiness that comes with witnessing injustice, uh, the next step would be finding a practical um, activity that you can be 
doing to work against that injustice. So even if it's donating some of your time or your money to a cause that you know is actively working against whatever injustice that you see in the world. Um, those are those are some coping mechanisms. Um, obviously, sometimes our emptiness is a little longer term. Um, it's not necessarily a one, one-stop shop. It's not necessarily one cure fixes all. Um, it might be something that you carry around with you for a while. It might be something that you have to continually coming back to and witnessing to. Uh, it's almost it's almost like um, when you witness to your emptiness or any other emotion that you're feeling, it's almost like a muscle that's being trained. And the more that you witness to it, the more that you accept it, the more that you engage with it, the stronger you become at recognizing those patterns that always continually keep presenting themselves time and time again. Um, but whatever your emptiness is telling you, there's always something that you can do. There's always empowerment to be found. There's always something that you can be doing to work through, no matter how long-term it might be. Um, because emptiness at its heart is just another teacher trying to pull us into a more realized version of our true selves. Uh, it's something that shows the path, sometimes through the deep dark, um, a path that leads us into more expansive light at times it feels very difficult to work through at times it feels like it will never pass but we are always eternally caught up in the ebb and flow of emptying and filling um it's theologically speaking this is the trinitarian path this this idea that the trinity is this eternal community of eternal outpouring and indwelling of spirit and love and grace. And we are constantly caught up in that eternal outpouring of ourselves and our energies and this indwelling of spirit and love and grace within our own lives. And with that, friends, I leave you to face your emptiness and to learn and grow from it as we continue together in this wild, messy, an infinite life. Peace and love, y'all.